sisters. Anyway, welcome to Conspiracy Sisters. I'm Taryn. I'm Amanda. <laughs> this week, <laughs> we are having a spooky Halloween episode. <laughs> oh, yeehaw. Yes, we are doing the creepy and unfortunately still kind of unsolved death of Elisa Lamb. Yes. Oh, honey. I know. Did I don't you... even know where to begin. Okay, well, I tell the story of what happened. Yes. Like, the official story. Okay. And then I was hoping you would tell us some of the theories. Oh, yeah, I did it all. Oh, thank God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, let me just tell you my sources. Um, I did a My Favorite Murder, Episode 7. Oh, they, my God, that was so long ago. I know. It was <laughs> Episode 7. They were just pepes. Um <laughs> So it, they did um, the Black Dahlia and Elisa Lamb, which it, they were doing like themes at the time. And their theme for that episode was um, Unsolved Murders. Okay. An excellent podcast. My favorite podcast. You should definitely check it out. My favorite murder. Um, I also listened to Alien Theorists Theorizing, episode oh, nine. Oh, me too. Yes. They, <laughs> they just go on and on about the different theories. They're yeah, they do. Um, I went to Wikipedia, of course. Um, I watched a video by Caitlin Doughty. Uh, her YouTube is like Ask a Mortician. Interesting. <laughs> um, I also watched a video about the Cecil Hotel by CNN. And then I also went to allthat'sinteresting.com, a Wait. classic. Yeah, we have basically the same sources. Uh, I had like a Vice News article, Wikipedia. Um, you know, I did a little bit of, a lot of bit of sleuthing. Most of the theories are from Reddit. So Perfect. however fucking, you know, resourceful that Incredible. source is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they're the theories. So mm-hmm. where else do you go when you're looking for theories? But to the internet. <laughs> the Reddit. Um, okay. Let's see. I'm going to tell you about the Cecil Hotel. Okay. The Cecil Hotel is located near downtown LA and it is ad- advertised as a quote, beautiful vintage European style hotel catering to young travelers. Um, However, it's also located near Skid Row. So, yes. Anyway, it was born, or it was born, it was built during the roaring 20s, but then struggled through the Great Depression. Um, So when it was built, it was like luxurious. It was really nice and fancy. And now it's, that neighborhood is kind of gone downhill a little bit so i actually have um, but some it's like a... background on skid row do you want me to tell about it oh, or do yeah. you yes please i'd love to hear so i did not really know anything about it other than it was like the hood but i thought that was you know just like a mm-hmm. recent thing no apparently it has been the hood for a while um so skid row came 
The Skid Row neighborhood came about in the 19th century um, when a number of residential hotels opened in the area. They became home to a transient population of seasonal workers, so like a lot of immigrants and that kind of thing. Um, Here's a quick timeline. Um, By the 30s and 40s, the homeless population had grown to over 10,000 people, and the Depression created an atmosphere of crime and robbery in the area. Um, And then in the 50s and 60s, um, the LAPD tried to rehabilitate Skid Row, and they did that by destroying, like, half of the buildings, including the hotels and a lot of their, like, affordable housing situations. Um, By the 70s, it became an unofficial containment zone where shelters and services for the homeless were more accepted, and it also housed a lot of, like, Vietnam veterans. Then during – in 1987, the LA police – again, decided to crack down in which they arrested many people for sleeping in the streets. Um, but then there was LA city attorney and future mayor, James Hahn. He heard of these arrests and he refused to prosecute the people for being underprivileged and not having a place to stay. So right. It's not their fucking fault. Right. So thankfully the council passed a motion not to enforce anti-camping laws and adequate housing could be found until adequate housing could be found in the air, uh, for the area's residents. Uh, the 2000s were a colorful time for Skid Row as cops continued the enforcement of anti-camping measures by confiscating possessions such as blankets, clothes, cooking utensils, and hygiene products from individuals in the area. Um, and that brings us to around the time that Elisa was staying there and the situation that was going on then. Um, as of 2007, hospitals and law enforcement began dumping homeless people off in the area. Uh, 50 of the 150 reported cases of dumping were investigated by the L.A. city attorney who filed charges against the Kaiser Permanent Hospital. Um, but there, however, there weren't any specific laws at the time about abandoning patients in the hood. So California State Senator Gil Sedillo passed some legislation. It generously, quote, barred the LAPD from arresting homeless people or confiscating their possessions Um, in Skid Row and allowed them to sleep on sidewalks as long as they were at least 10 feet away from businesses or residents between the hours of 9 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. And this is about where the situation ends up in 2013. So it's still like it just has a long shitty past and the Cecil Hotel was built around the time that it became this this, like seedy neighborhood during the Depression. So (laughs) it has like a history of as I'm sure you'll get into, like, just a lot of transient individuals, a lot of junkies, and a lot of, you know, like, just Yeah, and it's, it's one of the, those hotels where um, permanent residents live on the top floor. Yes, they do. So there are so permanent residents that's living That's where they live. It's like an apartment. Yes. Um, okay, let's see. Do you know Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia? Yes. She actually stayed at the Cecil Hotel in the 40s. Yes. Um, it was, like, one of the last places she was seen alive. Yes. So that's one of the, like, creepy connections that the hotel has. Mm-hmm. You go into, like, the murders and the suicides, right? Um, well, okay. There have been at least 16 reported suicides or murders at the Cecil. Uh, according to the CNN video that I watched about the hotel, there was actually a woman who jumped out of her room's window and went... And she landed on a pedestrian and they both died. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that fucked up? It is. Yeah. So a lot of people would go there to just jump out the windows and, you know, kill themselves. Um, It's pretty sad. But yeah, like you said, there's a lot of like drug dens and shit going on near or in the Cecil Hotel. Um, So Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and another serial killer named Jack Unterweger, Mm -hmm. um, they both stayed at the Cecil during their killing sprees. Um, 
so it's safe to say that there is probably some bad juju at the Cecil Hotel, uh, if not full on hauntings. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, did you mm-hmm. do you know who Jack Unterweger is? Not really. Um, so if you're not familiar, he was arrested for murder in 1974. Um, and then he became like a pretty well-known screenwriter. And yeah, while he was in jail. And so because of his newfound intelligence, people thought that he was rehabilitated. So they released him in 1990. And within that year, he decided to kill at least nine people upon his release and proceeded to commit suicide in prison in 1994. No. Yes. I hate him. So he got out of jail in 1990 and he lived at the Cecil Hotel in 1991. So you know he was doing some shady shit while he lived there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a couple different highlights of crazy things that happened at the Cecil. Do you want me to tell you about that? Yes, please. Yeah, I just kind of skimmed over its history. um, So the first reported suicide at the hotel was on November 19th, 1931. So within like five years of it being built and open. (laughs) Great. Uh, W.K. Norton, a 46-year-old Manhattan Beach resident, ate some poison capsules after checking in under the name James Willies from Chicago. Um, Some other interesting ones were in January 1938, uh, 35-year-old U.S. Marine Corps fireman Roy Thompson, who had been staying at the Cecil for a few weeks, jumped from his top floor and was found on the skylight of a neighboring building. This one was really fucking crazy. In September 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell was sharing a room with her 38-year-old boyfriend, Ben Levine. She was unaware that she was pregnant and went into labor, but not wanting to wake Ben for this magical moment, she gave birth to the boy in the bathroom. She thought he was dead, so she threw it out the window, landing on the roof of a neighboring building. Uh, She was initially charged with murder, but she was found later not guilty in 1995 for reasons of insanity. Um, Can you believe that? Like That's a fucked up story. Isn't it? That's really sad. I, yeah, it's nuts. Um, let's see here. In uh, Oh, and then there was Pigeon Goldie. I don't know. In 1964, there was a woman named Pigeon Goldie Osgood. She was discovered dead in her room. She was a retired telephone operator, um, and she fed the birds in the area. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room was mm-hmm. ransacked. Uh, her murderer was a 29-year-old man named uh, Jacques Ellinger. Ellinger? And he was found and arrested while working around while walking around the area in bloodstained clothes, but he was later released and cleared of his crime and it remains unsolved. Um, mm-hmm. So those were just some of like the more colorful and interesting ones that I found. Most of them, there's a lot of people jumping out the windows. There's a lot of people poisoning. One guy slit his own throat with a razor blade. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Like, <clears throat> so this place has like some pretty, you know, a creepy history, ghost stories, you know, I had a thing in here. I think, think about richard ramirez as well um he's a douche yeah definitely um it said that he lived on the top floor during his 13 person prison spree in 85 um it said that after killing killing someone he would uh he would throw the his bloody clothes into the dumpster and then walk back to the hotel in his underwear or naked um at 14 dollars a night skid row was a chaotic area full of dead homeless people and junkies littering the surrounding alleys and hallways of the hotel so this behavior probably wasn't considered super particular like peculiar at the time Mm -hmm. i'm sure they just thought he was you know like a junkie or something He's walking around naked. Yeah. Um, So I feel like, you know, it was kind of easy to blend in with the surrounding uh, residents. Environment. (laughs) Yes. 
Yeah. Anyway, so I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Thank you for the background. Um, <laughs> so now I'm going to tell you about Elisa. And that I think that's how you pronounce her name. Elisa. Yes. Yes. It's E-L-I-S-A. So I've heard people say Eliza, but I think it's Elisa. Anyway, um, she was a 21-year-old student and fashion blogger from Vancouver, Canada. She was a student at the University of British Columbia, um, but she took a semester off in 2013 because she decided that she wanted to take, like, a West Coast tour. And she went by herself. She, she like, did a little trip on her own. Um, she was visiting places like the San Diego Zoo, and she was calling her family every day to check in with them. On January 28th, 2013, she checked into the Cecil Hotel and was scheduled to check out on February 1st. Um, she was staying in a shared room, like hostel style with a few other women. Uh, and so I feel like a lot of young travelers probably do stay at the Cecil, even though it is in a shitty, scary area, just because it's so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, um, okay. Elisa was known to have depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorder. So she was on several medications. Apparently one of some of the women that she was sharing a room with requested her to be removed um, to be moved to a different room because she was displaying, quote, odd behavior. Uh, a lot of people speculate that maybe she was having, like, a manic episode or she wasn't taking her meds properly or something. So the hotel actually did move her to her own private room. And she was last seen on January 31st, 2013, at a nearby bookstore called The Last Bookstore. Um, on February 1st, Dad, her family... wow, I didn't realize yeah. that's what it was called. Uh-huh, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, go on. <laughs> the last bookstore. Uh, on February 1st, her family called the LAPD because they hadn't heard from her for a couple days. Um, and by February 6th, which is my birthday, but that's not important right now, um, uh, the LAPD held a press conference declaring Elisa a missing person and asking the public for any information on her whereabouts. On February 14th, they released the haunting uh, CCTV footage from the hotel elevator. So now I'm going to tell you about the footage. Oh, yeah. And definitely watch it. Definitely fucking watch it. It's so creepy. But, like, is it? Or is it just, like, kind of sad? We don't know. There's a lot of speculation. It's freaky whether it's a haunting, whether it's a manic episode or a psychotic break or some kind of demonic possession or something regardless it's unnerving to watch um yes so if you're listening pause this video or pause this um podcast go to youtube and type in like elisa lamb l-e or e-l-i-s-a l-a-m um and look at her elevator footage because it's fucking freaky uh the video from inside the elevator is four minutes long she is on the 14th floor which, it, as we all know, is actually the 13th floor because hotels are, like, superstitious like that. So, of course, it's on a haunted floor. Uh-huh. Um, so, it goes, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14. So, it's the How do you know floor. she was on the 14th floor? I could not find that anywhere. I heard it somewhere. <laughs> okay. No, no, that's fine. Um, I, I, I was curious as to what floor she was on, too. I don't know. So, um, I mean, it might not be true, but that's what I heard. Anyway, mm-hmm. according to my sources and my, you know, half-ass research, yeah, listen, yeah. listen no, to other podcasts who are just as good at research as I <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, so Elisa was wearing a red zip-up hoodie, oversized shorts, and flip-flops. And the shorts kind of look, at first, it looks like she's wearing, like, a floppy skirt, but they're just, like, big basketball shorts. 
So it's yeah. like, I'm not even sure if those are her shorts or like maybe she met a dude or I don't know, maybe they're her pajamas or something. Right. Um, because she's like a fashion blogger. So why would she wear something goofy like that? Anyway. Um, okay. So the video starts with the elevator door opening and Elisa walking inside. She pushes a bunch of different elevator buttons and then she she's like peeking out into the hall. Um, it almost seems like someone's following her and she's like trying to, you know, hurry up and make the elevator, you know, push all the buttons to try to get the fuck away. Um, and then she does like these weird little side steps into the hall and she comes back in and she pushes more buttons. Um, she keeps like hiding in the corner of the elevator and looking out at the hallway. And then she finally walks into the hallway and starts doing these crazy arm movements, which is like the scariest part. Um, like it almost looks like she's talking to somebody off screen. And then she walks in the right. opposite direction of whoever or whatever she was talking to. And then the elevator door finally closes. It opens and closes again. And then it goes to a different floor and opens and closes again. And then the video ends. Um, people later tested the elevator hold button and it actually keeps the door open for about two minutes. So if she goes to the buttons and pushes it once, that holds it open for two minutes. And then she does it again. It's another two minutes. So oh, that, okay. that would hold it open for about the whole four minute video. Right. Um, I should also note that a lot of people claim that this video is actually slowed down. So in reality, the speed of her movements is supposed to be faster, which I think makes it even freakier. Because um, just the way that like she's walking and moving and, you know, waving her arms around and shit, it's freaky. Um, I should also note that there is one full minute missing from the tape, from the timestamp on this footage or like 54 mm -hmm. seconds or something. So like, what the fuck happened? So I don't know if you watched it, but um, they, no, no, no. I oh. mean, like they have like the video, um, like sped up, like to its actual speed, like someone put them side by side and they like sped up the one video 135% because that's how like they, they somehow looked at like the timestamp and were able to calculate like how quickly the seconds were moving okay. you know, and realize like, even though you can't read, it's weird. The fucking timestamp is like obscured. It's yeah, like blurred out it. for some reason, which is kind of fucked up. Cause like, wouldn't the date and time be important information if you're trying to like ask people if they had seen her wouldn't you want to know when the right. last time she was wearing this outfit was what day it was like whatever so anyway um it's weird that the timestamp is obscured to begin with but you can kind of tell like you know as the time is ticking like how many seconds go by and right. someone actually like uh slowed it down 135 percent to match up with how up. long an axe and or i'm sorry yeah uh sped it up 135 percent to make it like the actual speed that like seconds would have been lapsing mm -hmm. and like it does i mean her movements are still like weird but the weirdest part to me is the fact that there's like 54 seconds missing yeah like anyway um so it is very interesting to watch them side by side just because like you can tell you know that the video was slowed down and that's weird nobody really knows why yeah right this is a video that they released Yes. Um, so my friend Chandel told me about this band called Skinned, S-K-Y-N-D, and they okay. do songs about like murderers and shit, and they did a song called Elisa Lamb, where the chorus is all the buttons she was pushing, 4, what? 2, 6, 2, 10, 5, 1. 1, 2, 6, 2, 10, 5, 1. How do they know that? The video was so blurry and shitty. I mean, I don't know. They, like other people have like, like looked into it and, you know, studied it, like, Huh. Where, I mean, you can't see the numbers on the buttons, but if you like look at it, you know, if you see what it actually looks like in real life, the buttons sure, on, the, yeah. on the elevator, then like you can figure out which buttons she's pushing. Huh. 
huh dude yeah people have fucking analyzed this shit uh-huh. i went on reddit like <laughs> i'm like how many times have you seen this yep there's just um, something about like a silent video like yes. ugh, i don't know there's just something creepier about it and like i'm sorry go ahead right, i shouldn't like, speculate what it's saying? not my turn like it looked well it looked like she was like talking gesticulating to somebody yeah she, yes. she was like moving her arms about like she was like really frustrated trying to like get a point across or something yeah anyway um so if somebody is like following you and you get onto an elevator if you push a bunch of, if you push a bunch of the different buttons then they might not be able to figure out which floor you're on but she doesn't even get on the elevator right no like, she doesn't it's like she, she gets, follows someone down the yeah, hall or something she like gets in pushes a bunch of buttons peeks out comes back in pushes more buttons peeks out again just like wanders around and then she just like leaves and then the door is closed and the elevator goes off without her so is the 14th floor the top floor? No, there's 15 floors, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was the top floor. Okay. Um, okay. So by February 19th, um, so she went missing, like the last they heard of her, the last time she was seen was January 31st. And they um, say the elevator video was on February 1st, correct? Okay. Yeah, and that was supposed to be the day that she was going to check out. Okay. But she never did. Um, by February 19th, the people staying at the hotel started complaining about poor water pressure and the water was smelly and it was black. And some people were saying that the water tasted really gross. Uh huh. So uh, the maintenance people like finally went up to the roof to check out like the cisterns on top of the roof. So there are four large metal cisterns on top of the Cecil hotel roof and they can only be accessed by climbing up a ladder and opening a, like a hatch on top of the cisterns. And it's like heavy. It's like, I've heard, it's between like 20 and 50 pounds, which is kind mm-hmm. of a big difference, but it's not like a light door. Um, so they climbed up to the main one and the door was actually open. And when they peeked inside, they saw Elisa's, Elisa's naked body floating in the water and her clothes were in there too. She had been in the tank for about 19 days. Um, she had no illicit drugs in her system and no alcohol, just like her regular medications. And then she also had Sudafed in her system, which apparently when combined with like antidepressants can actually cause psychosis. So maybe she was having like hallucinations or something. The coroner ruled her death an accidental drowning, but it was what they call, I think they call it a dry drowning. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't water in her lungs. She just like hyperventilated. Mm either that or like yeah it's like she suffocated almost yeah almost right like she i don't know if maybe she was holding her breath and just like held her breath and like ended up choking from not breathing i don't really know but or what if someone fucking smothered her you know what i mean because like there are different instances saying that like she was um uh dead when she got into the tank already like like she was dead before she was even in the tank you know what i mean so it's like what if you know she willingly went up there with someone Mm -hmm. they smothered her right there and then you know just put her in i mean you'd think there would be some sort of like injury marks or something but not if they just literally like put a fucking scarf over her face or something like i don't know anyway yeah carry on we'll speculate Um, later i've also (laughs) read that her butt was prolapsed yes it was um and i was listening to alien theorists theorize and they said that maybe there was a drain in or like a i don't know some some kind of like jet or something inside of the cistern and maybe it like sucked her intestines i don't know anyway 
so that happened. Okay, so there wasn't supposed to be any way for, like, non-employees to access the roof. There was, like, a lock and an alarm system. But maybe employees smoked on the roof or something, and they've just, like, left the door propped open. Um, also, there was an additional fire escape with roof access that didn't... I don't think it had an alarm on it or anything. Um, so it is possible for people to... So the I think the hotel was trying to, like, avoid liability by being like, oh, no one can get onto the roof right. without the door being alarmed or without a key or something. So it's like, okay, well, then fucking interrogate your goddamn employees or the residents that live there. Anyway, right. but I don't think that that is a 100% true, you know, waiver of liability. Um, because, uh, oh, there was like this Chinese tourist on Reddit and he was like, yeah, I went to the Cecil Hotel and I like did a video of, you know, h- how easy it is to get to the roof. <laughs> so, hmm. um, so it is possible without an alarm being set off. Right. So it's widely accepted that she was just having some kind of manic episode or psychotic break and she just like decided to go for a swim but then she couldn't get out because the hatch was too far up like you need a ladder or something to climb out but there's i don't think there's a ladder inside the cistern because you're not supposed to swim in it it's just for drinking water right Um, right and then she ended up drowning in the cistern um and they actually had to cut the top of the cistern out uh to get her body out right yeah because i'm i mean it's a very small hatch like Mm -hmm. it's not yeah, I mean, it's, she it's had. It's not like she could have accidentally fallen into it. You know what I mean? Like she intentionally got in there. Yeah. Or, or I mean, was intentionally put in there. It's yeah. not like you could like just topple in. You know, mm-hmm. like if I. Uh, so when I first heard this story, unless she was fucked up not, or something out of all of her meds. Well, when I first read this story, I didn't. I had not seen pictures of the like uh, the water, water tanks. tanks, and I was under the assumption that they are like four feet by eight feet no and so i was yes and i was under the assumption that they the whole top of it opened so if that were the case you could literally just accidentally topple in but Mm -hmm. it's not the whole lid that comes off it's just like a little hatch on top of the lid yeah that you know what i mean so that's that's what i mean like if she had walked onto the top of the elevator shaft and like accidentally fallen into one of them but like she couldn't have either you know, she was intentionally put there or, like, she intentionally got into it. It's it's small, you know? And then the girls on My Favorite Murder were saying that if she went in to go for a swim and then she realized, oh, shit, I can't get out, then maybe she was, like, struggling to tread water so she took her clothes off because the clothes, like, weigh you down. Right. Um, Or maybe somebody hurt her and threw her in there and they were like, oh, by the way, here's your fucking clothes, bitch. Right. Chuck goes in after her, but... I don't know, man. Um, so that's all I have. So tell me about some of your theories. What do we have? What do we? Oh learning? my goodness. Okay, I'm so ready. I have some more details about a few things. Okay. Um. So. Well, mine for... wasn't good enough. No, no, no. It was, <laughs> but it's when wildly speculating, one needs to know all these stupid fucking details. Yeah. Um. So let me just bore you. No, uh, it's good. It's good to know. So the facts. Like, when they found her, uh, um. Well, I guess I should say too when. Her parents called the LAPD on January 31st. They flew down from Canada to L.A. 
to like help them with the search. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming like the next day or the day after February 1st or 2nd, the police came to the hotel and like searched with dogs. They, but because there wasn't like any reason for possible like foul play, they were only allowed to search the areas that she had been in and like common areas. What? So they weren't allowed to go into like other me? people's rooms. Right. Oh, they hadn't yeah. found her yet. It was only like a day after she had gone, been, you know, complained missing. So, or reported missing, whatever. Um, so yeah, they went through like the lobby, they went through her room, uh, they went, they did go on the roof, um, but they didn't find anything. Like the dogs didn't get any scent of her. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're saying maybe she, ha- she wasn't there yet. You know, if they just went the day she died or, you know, like maybe they, she just wasn't in there yet if it was too shortly after she had gone missing. Well, okay. anyway, when they did find her, she had like a sand-like particulate on her clothing as well. Um, they also found her room key and her watch, but her cell phone was never found. Um, maybe she did see. drown though, but maybe it wasn't in the cistern. Maybe it was at a beach or something. Or, yeah, or she was, like, suffocated at a beach or something. Because, mm. um, like, I don't... Yeah, like you said, there was no water in her lungs. Um, all right, so let's see here. Um, so... A Cecil's chief engineer, Pedro Tovar, noted that there were three fire escapes... Or three escapes accessible from the interior doors... And one staircase from the 14th floor. However, an alarm audible to the top two floors and the front desk would sound if someone tried to open the door to the roof if it was not deactivated first with, like, um, you know, an employee code or a key Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, He explained that you would have to climb onto the platform, the tank sit on, and then squeeze between them after – and other plumbing equipment – in order to get into it. But when I was looking at the pictures, that like, doesn't seem true. Um, like if you, I don't, did you look at the pictures? I don't know. I saw some of them. Yeah. Just cause I was curious what the setup looked like on top of the roof. Yeah. So there's like a, like a, a small staircase, like just a shitty metal staircase that goes to like the top of the elevator shaft and the water tanks are leaning up the, ele- up next to the elevator shaft against it. And so you could literally just climb up this metal staircase and then just kind of like drop down onto one of the water tanks right so um let's see here i hate knowing that people were drinking her dead body water uh, i know or showering in it i know brushing your teeth Ugh. oh my god i'm gonna throw up okay don't do that <laughs> um so let's see the tank was about halfway to three quarters full of water when they found her body um it has been pointed out that if the tank was only half full she would have been able to stand up so how did she drown um perhaps the tank was messed up due to the dead body inside of it and it was actually full at the time of her death mm-hmm. so she wouldn't have been it I, I mean there's so many different right. um options so, i mean even if all right. i mean if she was somehow like hallucinating or having some kind of medication problem maybe she just got really tired and tried to like lie down or sit down and sleep and right even if she was able to stand you know maybe she i mean Um, she was in there for 19 fucking days but i think her time of death was the like day or day after she went missing okay um so i have some notes from the autopsy okay um let us begin with her pharmaceutical situation you may be familiar with some of these so the toxicology report tested blood from her heart and liver enzymes and bile um she did not have enough blood left in her like veins to test um so they have to test your like organs what where did her Um, blood go i don't know she was in there for 14 days i don't know 
like maybe you just it's like diluted by like water because you're like in water mm. the whole time i'm not really sure but yeah they said that after that long amount of well, time well now there's a vampire in the mix somewhere it could be oh honestly like it wouldn't be the craziest theory <laughs> so uh they could estimate how recently she had taken each drug as well, just judging by, like, how much was in her system. So okay. here's a list of the drugs that were prescribed, all of which were found in the room that she was staying per the toxicology report. So there's something called dexedrine. It's a stimulant prescribed for ADD uh, and narcolepsy. So this is an amphetamine, none of which was found in her system, suggesting that she did not take this the day of her death. Okay. Um, these are just things she was prescribed and were found, like, in her room. Okay. Um, Lamictal is an anti-convulsant and mood stabilizer prescribed for epilepsy and bipolar disorder. There were tiny traces found in her liver enzymes suggesting that it had been taken recently, but probably not the day she died. Um, Seroquel is an antipsychotic prescribed for schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and major depressive disorder. There was none found in her system suggesting that she had not been taking it recently. Um, Exifor is an antidepressant used for depressive disorder, anxiety, uh, panic disorder and social phobia enzymes were present assuming that it was taken the day she died so she took her antidepressant her anti-anxiety medication Good job. um and wellbutrin which is an antidepressant an, an anti-smoking prescription um I, that's what it says i don't know it says traces were pretty broken down suggesting that it had been taken recently but probably not the day she was died and then over-the-counter medications such as advil and sinutab um, were the only other two found. Okay. So that's so to summarize seven different drugs is what I counted. Yes. Wow. So to summarize, Elisa took at least one antidepressant that day. She had taken her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer recently, but not that day she died. Um, she had not taken her antipsychotic recently and she had no alcohol or common illegal drugs in her system. She was tested for marijuana, cocaine, MDMA, MDMA, barbiturates, opiates, and amphetamines, none of which showed up. Wow. So according to the National Library of Medicine, there is a strong risk of mania associated with taking antidepressants alone, not in conjunction with an antipsychotic uh, or mood stabilizer if you have bipolar disorder. Okay. So the American Psychiatric Association also states that treatment for bipolar disorder should include an antidepressant, a mood stabilizer, and an antipsychotic. So I think it's safe to say that she suffered from bipolar disorder, okay. which consists of manic and depressive moods. Uh, severe mania can include psychotic features such as hallucinations, delusions, paranoia, catatonia, and lack of insight. While they didn't test for date rape drugs such as Rufi's, GHB, or ketamine, it is highly unlikely that she had been drugged considering there were no traces of alcohol in her system. Mm -hmm. um, in addition, the hotel employees who last saw her stated that she was alone that day anyway, so it was unlikely that you know anyone would yeah. have been around to do it. Um, I uh, also so heard that they did take a rape kit, but they yeah, but they didn't it. fucking test it. Yeah, cute, right? Because her death was determined to be a drowning. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like it's still worth looking into. Yeah, I mean, could, like, her, her asshole was prolapsed. Like, Well, and also, it's like, even if she hadn't been necessarily sexually assaulted, maybe it was like a Tinder hookup or something. Even right, if that were the case. that guy. Yes, ask he him. Knows. He was probably the last person to see her if there was any trace of his hair or whatever on <laughs> her body. It's like, whatever. you know, at least you would, <laughs> at least you would know who probably saw her very recently before her death. Anyway, so the autopsy had also been questioned for a few reasons. For instance, it didn't, it doesn't state the results of the rape test 
or the fingernail kit. And some sources say that they were never even processed. They were not. Um, So while date rape drugs and alcohol point to sexual assault being unlikely, the autopsy does mention the pooling of blood in the anal area, which could suggest sexual abuse. Um, However, one pathologist noted it could have been the result of bloating in the course of the body's decomposition. So it is something that does happen. I've heard that it's very rare that it happens, but it can and has. Her rectum has all, had also been prolapsed, um, mm. it could, which could have happened due to some sort of suction or pressure from the water pump. I mean, what the fuck kind of sexual abuse could this have been a result of, honestly? <laughs> like, right. I don't know. I don't... I mean... <laughs> I... Yeah. And, and I just... Oof. I feel like, I mean, it was a huge fucking water tank for a 700-room um, hotel. hotel, like you'd think it would have like a pretty powerful filter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, this is so gross, but like, I feel like, you know how when your skin gets like wet and wrinkly, it's like almost loose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe it just like, Maybe, I, don't I don't know. know. It's I don't know. Whatever. I'm not even gonna go through with that thought. So going back don't to finish her man- that sentence. <laughs> um, yeah. Either way, the autopsy states that they took samples for a rape and fingernail kit. Why the fuck would they not just follow through with it? You right. know. Well, there's there's thousands of untested rape kits. It drives me nuts. Going back to her manic state, the National Institute of Mental Health states that the primary symptoms of mania include physical restlessness, strong desire to increase activity, and unrealistic belief in your abilities. Assuming she gained access, yeah, assuming she gained access to the roof through the fire escape, is it realistic to believe that she was hallucinating or paranoid during a manic state and was able to climb in and shut the lid herself? Also. Um, it is like widely believed that the lid was shut and I found out like halfway through my research that it, it was not shut. Yeah. It was open. Right. Cause um, a lot of people were like, like even the alien theorist guys, they were like, well, how is this, you know, 21 year old skinny girl going to climb into this cistern and like reach up and somehow pull this giant heavy hatch? Like it's, but it, she didn't, it was open. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's how they knew which, which tank to look in first is cause well, this door yeah. was open. Yes. Um, all right. So did you, let me discuss with you now her blog. Did you look at her blog? I looked at it a long time ago, but I, I didn't look at it. This time. It was a Tumblr blog, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. I've had all Tumblrs right. before. So I like pretty thoroughly dug into her blog. Um, let me tell you about it. So since her death, her Tumblr blog has been updated a few times, assumingly through the auto update feature yeah. in which users can create posts and they're automatically published at a later right. date. So it's like schedule this post to be posted on this day. And it's, yes. you, a lot of Tumblr isn't people creating new content. A lot of it is people reblogging other posts. And that's what the majority of hers is. Okay. Um, so Since her phone was never recovered, perhaps the thief was the one posting to make it seem as if she was alive, Um, alive, well, and active on social media. Due to the media attention this case received, the strange theories surrounding it, um, it is speculated that a hacker could have continued updating it as a prank, but most likely it was probably just her, like, auto-update feature. Mm -hmm. Um, So her most recent Tumblr... Go ahead, sorry. go ahead. No, I was just going to ask when her most recent post was oh yes so her most recent uh tumblr is called novelle Nouveau, 
Um, it is still active and accessible. So I spent some time creeping around that. Um, her last post was on December 10th, 2013. So almost a year after she died. Um, it's a picture of a winter scene in a Christmas ornament. It definitely seems like something that you would schedule to publish at a later date around the holidays. It's Mm -hmm. like a Christmas thing. So her page is filled with celebrities and fashion photos, book and movie quotes, a lot of Harry Potter, uh, and also like feminism and psychology. So this is what her about me blurb says. Um, this is directly from Alyssa or Elisa. Do not speak unless it improves silence. I don't know to explain myself. I have a feeling that I never will know who I am. So instead of an abstract and useless description, I will assure you that I am not a nut job that hunts for their next victim on the internet. I, however, will think everyone else is a pedophile. Thanks to, to catch a predator. (laughs) I'm logical like that. Here are some bullet points. I am 20-something, I'm a 20-something student in Canada. I have no idea, and then no idea is crossed out, and it says, have some idea what I'm studying. (laughs) I have typical 20-something issues, specifically bipolar depression, and every now and then I'll talk about it sarcastically. Despite saying I hate people a lot, I actually enjoy and require human interaction, but my inability to go outside means I'll only contact the outside world anonymously and over the internet. Feel free to ask a silly question. It could be an awkward, magical adventure for us both. So looking after looking through her entire Tumblr page, these seem to be the last things that she personally wrote. And they were on, uh, so these, this was on January 27th, 2013. She wrote, I'm going out tonight. I really hope no creeper comes near me. Seriously, though. Those Italian and Mexican guys go after you strong, show the slightest inclination, and they hound you. And then a few hours later, she wrote, the speakeasy was awesome, except I lost my cell phone. Sigh. Oh, shit. And her very last written post on January 29th says, I have arrived in La La Land, and there's a monstrosity of a building next to the place I'm staying. When I say monstrosity, mind you, I'm saying as in gaudy. And then again, it was built in 1928, hence the Art Deco theme. So yes, it is classy. But then since it's LA, it went on crack. Fairly <laughs> certain this is where uh, Boz Lerman needs to film Great Gatsby. And this was just two days before she was last seen. Perhaps this is why her phone was never found. Like she lost it at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So now onto the... How long have I been fucking talking? No, you're good. I mean, her whole thing sounds like a very... Like, she's cute, but she's also kind of, like, emo and brooding, like, just a college she's student. She's cute, but a psycho. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, I fucking hate that song. All right, I so also hate that song. <laughs> theories and connections. Now, where do we want to start? I can start with the craziest ones and work our way up to most reasonable, or should I go the other way around? The other way around. I want to end on the nuttiest nut job situation okay. we can think of. All right. And so, so some of them are actually, all right. Just, like, connections that I had. Okay. So let's start with the most reasonable one, which is a manic episode, suicide, drowning type situation. So definitely this is the most widely accepted theory of her demise was, like, a suicidal or accidental drowning due to hallucinations caused by her bipolar disorder and possibly schizophrenia. Um, I'm no experts in any of these disorders, but I do have the internet, so this is what I learned. Um, (laughs) That makes you an expert, right? (laughs) I'm an internet expert. Mm -hmm. In the days leading up to her disappearance, uh, she was staying in a hostel-style room. So her roommates complained about her strange behavior, so she was moved to a private room. 
This could be further evidence that she had stopped taking her medication and her mood had become erratic and unstable at that point. Uh, the idea is that according to her toxicology report, she wasn't taking her medications as regularly as she probably should have. She mm-hmm. had little to no traces of the ADD study drug Dexedrine, the mood stabilizer Lamictal, or her antipsychotic schizophrenia medication Seroquel, while she did have a comparably larger traces or comparably larger traces of her anti-anxiety antidepressant Effexor, <laughs> as well as her antidepressant Wellbutrin, because she was not taking her medications as prescribed by her doctor, she fell. She could have fell into a manic episode. Um, so, as I previously mentioned, severe mania can include psychotic features such as hallucinations delusions, paranoia, lack of insight. So consider her behavior during the elevator video. Compare it to the definition of the symptoms of a mania called psychomotor agitation. It is a series of unintentional and purposeless motions that stem from mental tension and anxiety of an individual. This includes pacing around a room, wringing one's hands, uncontrolled tongue movements, and other similar actions. So it sounds very similar to what her like strange paranoid behavior in the elevator she was pacing anxiously she was wringing her hands she was peeking around the corner as if she was afraid that someone was following her perhaps her paranoia and disillusionment led her to believe that she actually was being followed or chased onto the roof and she hopped into the water tank to hide from them you know so due to her manic state and her heightened heightened physical physical abilities it is totally possible that she could have thought that she was actually running away from someone or being chased from someone and she was just trying to hide um, she could have used the fire escape to gain access to the roof, climbed t- um, to the ladder on top of the elevator shaft, dropped down into the water tank, lifted the lid, and was unable to get back out because the water didn't reach the top. As for being found naked, maybe she felt that she was being weighed down by her wet and heavy clothes, so she took them off. Perhaps since it was January, she began feeling the symptoms of hypothermia, one of which is feeling hot. Um, I've seen enough episodes of I Survived to know that it is not unheard of for people that are stranded on a freezing mountain experiencing hypothermia to begin to, be, to, to begin to begin taking their clothes off because their body feels a burning sensation. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but like, yeah, it could be. They start panicking and freaking out and being like, I, I have I feel hot. Yeah. No, you feel so cold. Yes. Um, So it's impossible to know what anyone is thinking, especially someone wrongfully medicated and having a manic episode. Who knows what she could have been hallucinating or what she thought was actually happening in her mind. Um, As probably the most reasonable and likely explanation, it is heartbreaking that while... um, a civilization like ours is so advanced medically. We are still so ignorant to illnesses of the mind. Um, so on another note, call me racist, but I think it is worth mentioning. Um, it is my understanding that the Asian stereotype is that health conditions, especially mental ones, are generated or are generally not acknowledged or addressed. And education is emphasized in their culture. So the fact that... Right. Alisa reached out and communicated with others online and expressed her struggles with mental illness and bipolar disorder. Um, she was like openly trying to grapple with her condition, right? Yes. Um, oh, and they- we never said this, but she's Chinese Canadian. Yes. Her parents are Chinese. Yes. Or um, like specifically, I think Cantonese. I believe so, yes. Um, so maybe she was trying. I say that as though I know what it means, but I don't even know where. <laughs> I barely know where I am. Right. <laughs> Uh, So maybe she was just trying to prove something to her family and, like, wean herself off of her medications to show that she... Right, like, I'm going to go on this trip by myself and prove to everybody that, like, I can can do it. I can 
be independent and be on my own. Right, like, right. Like I, I can yeah, but maybe okay you should stay on, stay on your medication. Right, or don't stop taking your meds. Just, <laughs> just don't do that. That yes, very good advice. Um, so you know, she had taken the semester off of school, and she even references her lack of commitment to a major in her blog bio. So perhaps she was worried about disappointing her parents, you know, with furthering her education. Who knows? These, of course, are all assumptions. There's nothing to prove that her family was pressuring her or that she was ashamed of her condition by any means. Um, there's no way to know what could have been going on in her mind at this time. Um, but this does remain the accepted cause of her death. Um, so while it gives bloggers podcasters, Redditors, and the internet at large, a source of entertainment and speculation about a creepy haunted hotel, an unsettling last appearance video, and a ton of loose ends asking to be tied up. We do have to consider the fact that Elisa was a real human and her family has been left without their daughter, probably due Mm -hmm. to her mental health condition. So since her death in 2013, mental health has definitely come to the forefront of the self-help movement and become much more widely recognized as being just as Yay. important as one's physical health. Um, while it is ent- while it's entertaining to speculate about ghost stories and the paranormal, the bottom line is that she's probably struggling with her illness and it's por- important for these types of disorders to be taken seriously and treated appropriately. Um, so on to the crazier things. Yes. In a similarly reasonable but more malicious vein, some speculate that a hotel employee or the police know what happened or were involved with murder. So considering the last video we have of her was tampered with, I think it's reasonable to believe that either someone at the police department decided to speed up the video and cut out a minute before releasing it to the public or that it had already been tampered with by someone at the hotel before they received it. So it's reasonable that if a hotel employee had something to do with her disappearance and were in the video, maybe that person appears uh, that she appears to be speaking to out of the camera's view that they would like omit that minute. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there was someone else in the video that you could actually see on the camera um, before they handed the footage over to the police. And the same thing could be said about the police. If they had something to do with her death or they were trying to help cover up foul play, perhaps they edited the footage in the two weeks before releasing it to the public what could possibly be the purpose of slowing the video down and cutting out a minute? Would it make her, would it make her behavior seem more questionable, further validating the manic episode and subsequent suicide theory while taking the attention off of the possibility of murder? Um, You know, Mm. were they just trying to cover up the missing time by slowing the video to make it longer? Um, Isn't it strange that the date and timestamp are obscured to begin with? Wouldn't you think that would be a pretty readily available and crucial piece of information when asking public for clues about a missing person? Yeah. Um, It is worth noting that Elisa wore glasses and she was without them in the video, which may be why she's looking so closely at the buttons on the elevator. Right. She's looking at it like she's an old lady, like, I can't see it. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if this has any connection with the big picture, but it could explain some of her odd behavior. I mean, I'm like a blind person without my glasses. Right. Um, So on a similar note, wouldn't the hotel have security cameras in all of the major communal areas, including the lobbies and hallways? I'm not sure what the rules are on releasing this footage or if the family don't want any additional footage being released. But wouldn't you think that there would be cameras in the hallway showing her stepping out onto the fire escape stairwell, at least to kind of... Like, that way you could prove whether or not she was alone when she went onto the roof. Um, Even if they don't release the footage to the public, wouldn't the cops and the family be interested in seeing this? Right. 
So also worth mentioning is that the police dogs didn't pick up her scent when they searched the hotel upon her parents reporting her missing. They said that they did search the roof, so perhaps her body just hadn't been hidden there yet at this point. Mm -hmm. So in addition to the botched surveillance video, it doesn't seem like the LAPD did their due diligence in investigating the crime scene. Um, They never actually did a search of the entire hotel, as there was no sign of foul play at the time of the initial search. So I do find it strange... That after finding a body, they wouldn't take the canines around the hotel to see maybe if right. her scent showed up in anyone else's rooms and then question those people. Yeah, that's but, suspicious. I mean, who the fuck am I? I'm not a detective. Maybe once they found her body, they didn't think it was necessary. Who knows? Um, so the huh. details aren't clear, but it does seem strange that there aren't any well-known witnesses, whether they weren't interviewed or it just wasn't made public. I don't know. A few hotel employees and a nearby bookstore manager recalled seeing her alone the day that her parents called officials. Otherwise, did they even contact the roommates that complained about her strange behavior? Did they question any of the other guests or residents? Um, in a case against suicide, I mentioned earlier that the employees at a nearby bookstore recalled seeing Lamb on January 31st. They said that she was alone, but she was very chatty and outgoing. She also made conversation about purchasing books and souvenirs for her family. I'm no expert, but considering she was outgoing, upbeat, and making future plans, this doesn't sound like something that a suicidal person would do. Yeah. Um, other shit that the cops failed to address include the sandy residue on all of her clothes. Wouldn't this be worth looking into? Like, is it just detergent? Is it sand? Is it, like, just concrete from the roof? Like, yeah. I don't know. Um Maybe it could explain where she had been that day or who she was with. Why didn't they go through with the rape kit? While there weren't typical signs of sexual abuse, she did have a prolapse rectum, which definitely could have been from some sort of assault. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other hand, this giant water tank probably had a pretty powerful filter of some sort. Um, As with everything in this case, there's differing information about the alarm system in the hotel. So I've read that there was a fire alarm in order to use the emergency exit that she is thought to have used, which is the, one of the only possible ways to get to the roof without a key. So apparently the permanent residents who lived on the top floor also had a key to the roof. And we can assume that any employee would have roof access as well. So the theory here being that a resident or employee, if they wanted to hide her body, there are several people with access to this area. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentions in her January 29th blog post that she was going out and hopes no creeps come near her. Italians and Mexicans go after you strong. If you show the slightest inclination, they hound you. Later that day, she posts saying the speakeasy was awesome, except I lost my cell phone. Did she go to the speakeasy alone? Was was there a Mexican or Italian guy staying or working at the hotel who was creeping on her or maybe mentioned going to the speakeasy as well? Um, If someone was creeping on her or following her, could they have taken her phone to render her with no way to contact? her family or help um another strange connection in the case may not be a connection at all just a coincidence um pedro tovar was the chief engineer of the hotel for 30 years at the time and the associate medical examiner's name was jason tovar Hmm. the maintenance worker who found lamb's body's name was santiago lopez and the ceo of the hotel at the time was named angel lopez could there be any relation among these characters Considering what we know of the hotel and Skid Row at the time, we know that the occupants were not always the most savory of people. Perhaps the LAPD, who I'm sure were in the area often due to the high crime rate in the neighborhood, had some connection with the hotel employees. If the medical examiner, Jason Tovar, had some relation to 
Pedro Tovar, he would definitely have some vested interest in helping to cover up a crime in order to help out the hotel's chief engineer. Mm -hmm. So furthermore, the police could have just been jaded about the area and the frequent accidental deaths in Skid Row, and they just assumed it was another accidental junkie suicide. Still, you would think her autopsy came back with no street drugs in her system. A forensic or investigative team would have been sent in to look into the situation further. Mm -hmm. Was this sheer incompetence or like, were they covering something up? Um, another thing to consider is the fact that the hotel was in the middle of negotiating with new ownership and transitioning from the Cecil to stay on Maine. In an attempt to spruce up the area and shed their association with death, they were renovating and rebranding. Pretty sure another creepy and unusual death involving a body in the water system would probably be something that they would want to cover up and downplay. Yeah. Um... So there are, okay, so there are some other, like, interesting connections. Um, one is life imitating art. So could it be possible that someone was inspired by the 2005 Japanese horror film Dark Waters? I have never seen it, but there, here's the description that I got from Medium.com. Um, the movie's plot centers on Dahlia. Reference Dahlia, to Elizabeth like, Sh- Yeah, the yeah. black Dahlia. Yeah. Um, a woman who moves into an old apartment building with her young daughter, Cecilia, like the Cecile Hotel only to discover that the building is haunted. The ghost manifests itself in a malfunctioning elevator, that's familiar, and in dark water that drips from the faucets back and ceiling. Eerily familiar. When did this movie come out? 2005, so eight years before. Oh my god. When the building's inept handyman is unable to stop the leak, Dahlia tries to fix it herself and ends up on the building's roof, where she sees the same dark liquid leaking from a water tank. When she opens it up, the body of a missing girl is floating inside. This overlaps with Elisa Lamb's story, the plot, the character names, the details. It's so strange. It's easy to see how they capture the right mind. What? What? <laughs> One that's open enough to unusual possibilities. I don't know. I literally copied and pasted this description <laughs> from... It was beautiful. Because I'd never seen the movie. Yeah. I had no idea what it was about. Um, so anyway, interestingly, it was also the inspiration for the hotel season of American Horror Story. Nice. Um, did you see either of these things? I saw American Horror Story. It ha- well, okay. I watched most of it. Because I love Lady Gaga. I adore her so much. However, oh, she was in that season. Yeah, I couldn't finish it. I didn't finish that season. It was not, it didn't catch my attention enough. Really? Damn. I um, like the idea of American Horror Story more than I actually sorry. like watching it. Bless you. Um, dude, yeah, I just, it is really fucking creepy that like all of these things like kind of, you know, wind up. I mean, mm-hmm. I know this, it's like based on a book or something as well. So it's not like a new story, but like, you know, was someone influenced by this movie? Like, you know, right. who knows? Um, like a copycat killer or something. Right. Um, so all right, here's a couple of other interesting ones. <laughs> oh damn, I didn't even really do the tuberculosis one. I didn't even finish that one. So there is well, a kind of a t- Yeah, that's a good one to just skim over because I don't believe that one has anything to do with it but it is a weird coincidence right so during the course of the investigation there was a reported outbreak of tuberculosis in the downtown LA area around the time of her disappearance so according to the CDC 4,500 people were exposed to a drug resistant form of tuberculosis and the craziest part is that the test used to make this diagnosis is called the lamb elisa test and it's literally spelled the exact same way right what are the as her name yeah so that's very i mean i don't think it really has anything to do with her death but um you know it's 
Um, Just an interesting coincidence. coincidence. For sure. Um, So, all right, I have just a couple more, two or three more. Uh, CIA connection. She could have had a CIA connection. So another interesting connection was uh, after the news of Elisa's story came out, several fake Facebook profiles were created with her name. One account created on February 17th after her death, but before she was found was named Lam Elisa, and the only friend was an American male working for the U.S. Army based in South Korea. The assumption being that she perhaps had some connection with someone in the military who perhaps introduced her to a trending Korean elevator game that I'm going to tell you about, um, who may have told her some secretive new military technology. So on January 13th, Elisa tweeted about a Huffington Post article about a Canadian company helping the Pentagon to develop cloaking material to make soldiers invisible. So at Lambeats, that's Elisa Lamb's Twitter handle, tweets, Canadian company invents invisibility, invisibility cloak. And then she, like, tags HuffPost Canada and puts the link. Um, I'm just going to read you the first, like, paragraph from the article so you can kind of understand what it's about. It just says, United States military is reportedly backing a Canadian company's development of a material that can render soldiers invisible, according to news reports. Maple Ridge... BC-based hyper-stealth biotechnology has developed quantum stealth, a type of camouflage that bends light around the wearer or an object to create the illusion of invisibility. President and CEO Guy Kramer likened the new technology to Harry Potter's invisibility cloak (laughs) during a recent CNN appearance and described its ability to easily and effectively hide a soldier in different environments. So in my opinion, judging by her Tumblr, she was a huge Harry Potter fan. If I had to guess, this was more of a reference to her interest in an invisibility cloak like Harry Potter had in the book than it was actually involved with someone in the military or CIA, some CIA invisibility experiment. Mm -hmm. So... And then there's the Invisible Light Agency. So this is a conspiracy dream. In 2013, Google Maps showed a business registered at the Cecil at the Cecil Hotel called the Invisible Light Agency. It's no longer listed or in business, um, but some speculate that it's meant to be a top secret program by, about cloaking soldiers, while others claim that it's a visual effects company specializing in light effects and quote other realities. Oh, okay. So, okay, I guess this could make sense for a few reasons. This is near L.A. where most movies and television are filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, it would make sense for a lighting and special effects company to operate there. However, wouldn't Wisdom be closer to the city rather than, like, in the hood? Right. Um, on the other, Right. On the other hand, there are also many, many military bases in the area, and Skid Row could be a perfectly discreet location for a research project that they would want to keep on the low. So there's some loose connection to this guy named Anthony Vu. According to his LinkedIn... I don't know. Is this really his LinkedIn? Would he really put all this out here? Right. He, I mean, he was working for LA and he does do like, he did like lighting and sound for like um, Selena Gomez shows. And like, he do, he does like actually do these things. So maybe he would have a public LinkedIn page, like just because he's like a Hollywood, whatever sound guy or lighting guy. Anyway, he worked at the invisible light agency as a quote comp lead nuke doing some virtual reality with cg effects called immersive cocoon in 2011 and then he worked as a senior visual effects artist and supervisor at raytheon missile systems from 2011 to 2012 at the time of elisa's death he was in santa monica working on the teen wolf tv show he's also a scientologist okay this Um, guy seems problematic While I don't think anyone is connecting Anthony Vu with Elisa's death, I think the connection is that he worked, 
um, he worked for this possibly covert military company, um, the Invisible Light Agency, and then immediately worked for Raytheon, a major U.S. defense contractor with a connection in weapons and military commercial electronics. So basically, if they were experimenting with invisibility or cloaking technology at or near the hotel during this time, perhaps there really was someone talking to Elisa that was invisible to the camera. Imagine how terrifying that would be to see someone disappear, especially if you're having a manic episode and not properly medicated. Maybe this would explain her waving her hands around trying to feel out a person who she couldn't see. Jesus, what Um, a fucking nightmare. I know! Um, And then, all right, so my last theory is the Aleister Crowley interdimensional portal elevator game theory. So let us now wildly speculate about the possible connection to Aleister Crowley and the occult. As you may recall from our earlier episode, Crowley formed the religion Thelema. And he was a well-known member of the occult and various secret societies who was considered a prophet. Um, he could yeah. communicate with interdimensional beings. So while he never stayed at the California Cecil Ho- Cecile Hotel, he did stay at Hotel Cecile in England, where he allegedly composed his poem called Jephthah. Sure. Jephthah was an, is- an Israeli judge who burned his daughter Celia as a mm-hmm. sacrifice Notice, Celia, S-E-L-I-A, is an anagram for Elisa. This connection is a stretch, but a few notable lines from the poem include, quote, Let my lamp at midnight hour be seen in some highly tower. It is estimated that Elisa went missing around midnight and she was found on the roof of a 15-story hotel, kind of like a highly tower. I won't bore you with any more poetry, but you get the idea. So... (laughs) Another connection to Crowley could be the fact that, according to Thalamic legend, he came into contact with an interdimensional being or alien called Lam, Mm L-A-M, which looked like a modern report of the gray aliens. One of his followers, Kenneth Grant, actually composed the Lam statement, which basically, it was basically an instructional document on how to open ephemeral cosmic gateways to conjure the being Lam. So I'm going to read you a quote from the Thalamic follower and Crowley's contemporary protege, Brian Butler. So while he's describing the idea of Lamb as an interdimensional being, try to imagine him describing a manic episode of a paranoid schizophrenic. Okay. <laughs> Lamb is eternal. It's ancient and it's also futuristic. It's from a dimension that's beyond what our perception of time is too. So not only is it a warm-blooded creature, it's also transcending the barriers of time and space. There are certain limitations you need to function in the world, such as a body, so it's impossible for human beings to fully comprehend what it could be just by, the, just by nature of being alive. If you don't retain those things, such as an ego or sense of logic and reason, then you can't function in society. These entities operate outside of those rules, so it's very difficult to classify them. We can see a small part of them, but the whole thing is too much. It's overwhelming. It helps you to evolve, and it also can be terrifying, the vastness of where they're coming from. So, while Thelemic believers think that lamb is a non-physical being that's impossible for us to comprehend to some this could be considered a mental illness Mm. which most physicians still don't comprehend today so it's very coincidental that they referred to this being as lamb and the theory goes even further 
Some speculate that while Elisa was blogging about her travels, she was interested in the ghost stories surrounding the hotel she was staying at. Perhaps she had heard of the Korean elevator game that apparently gives you instructions on how to get from one realm to the to another dimensional plane by pushing a series of elevator buttons. It's almost like Bloody Mary or like a Beetlejuice kind of scenario. <laughs> Do you want to hear the official rules? Yeah, let's hear it. All right, so... This is a game from Korea. By performing this ritual, you are supposed to go to a different world. According to people who have successfully completed the game, it looks the same as a town or building that you're from, but all the lights are off and you can see, you can only see a red cross in the distance. (laughs) There are no other living things except yourself. Uh, Some say electronics like phones and cameras don't work, while some say they do. Also, some say that getting back to the real world is harder for some reason. You get disoriented and you forget the elevator you came on, or somehow the elevator seems to get further and further away as you walk towards it. So here's how you do it. You must be in a 10-plus story building and in the elevator alone. If someone in the elevator is with you, it won't work. Um, So you get onto the elevator on the first floor, press 4, and when you reach the fourth floor, don't get out. And then press two. When you reach the second floor, press six. When you reach the sixth floor, press two. When you reach the second floor, press ten. When you reach the tenth floor, press five. And when you reach the fifth floor, a girl will come in. That woman is not human. Don't talk or look at the girl. If you do, she'll take you away. Press one, and if the ele- if the elevator instead starts going up to the tenth floor then you have succeeded. You will have reached another world where there's no one except you. If you get off the 10th floor and the girl asks, where are you going? But don't answer. What? Oh, okay. So if you get off the 10th floor, the girl will ask, where are you going? Don't answer her. So here's how to return. That's very rude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I don't think she's a person. I think she's like a lamb. So um, if the woman doesn't get on and if you don't get off in the 10th floor... If the woman doesn't get on, and if you don't get on the 10th floor. Okay, so if you don't get off at the 10th floor, then press 1. If it doesn't press, keep pressing until it works. <laughs> oh, my God. You just Look. start panicking. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what she thought was going on. Maybe she was trying to play this game, and she thought she got stuck. Maybe, um, but she wasn't pressing the right buttons. <laughs> ah, got it. So one of, it's one of the crazier theories is that she successfully played the elevator game and disappeared into another dimension, and she was caught on camera struggling to get back to ours. So the idea that Alistair Crawley had a connection to the Cecil Hotel after opening and uh, an alternate an alternate dimension in the original Cecile Hotel after playing the elevator game, Elisa was stuck in some alternate reality. So it could explain why she was found naked and somewhat mutilated. Yeesh. She was traveling interdimensionally. Lisa, don't do it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So which one uh which one do you think? <laughs> oh god, Taryn. I don't know. I'm just gonna go with what they tell me. <laughs> I mean, there are so many theories on mm. the Reddit. The Reddit. Yep. The Almost front page of the internet. Yeah, no shit. I mean, yeah, it gets pretty fucking crazy. 
Um, I mean, I, I feel like the most reasonable answer, of course, is that she was just having a manic episode. She was mm-hmm. paranoid and she thought someone was following her. I mean, that is like, I feel like there were also so many people on Reddit that said, you know, like, I have this disorder or my child has this disorder. And like, you really do become disoriented. And if she was like traveling alone and there was no one there to like recognize her behavior or notice that she was, you know, reacting this way, yeah. you know, she, maybe she really did think she was being chased and, I think the fact that, you know, I don't, I don't know that the hotel or anyone at the hotel actually had anything to do with her murder, but I do think they tried to cover up her death being so accidental because I right. do think they were more at fault than they said they were, you know, they were probably pretty, like, they must have been careless enough with like the fire escapes that like none of the alarms went off. Right. Like, that's so fun. Yeah. So what if there would I have mean, been a fucking fire? <laughs> no kidding. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. What do you think happened? I mean, sadly enough, I really do think she just like accidentally, I don't think she intentionally killed herself. I think she really was having like a, you know, manic kind of moment and she, you know, panicked and was trying to hide from someone. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. It's really sad. And it is really sad. I feel terrible for her family because like, what if there was foul play? No one ever looked into it. absolutely i i agree so like i'm still on the fence about it because i just feel like their their family really did just kind of you know okay well i guess they just accepted this answer i mean that and maybe they just didn't want to admit that their you know that their daughter like i don't know could have been irresponsible enough to you know trust someone and go with them and let them murder her i don't know Mm. um i mean no one lets people murder them right right but you know that she was like so irresponsible that she <laughs> right to like go out with a stranger have a party or someone or she met online yeah I, so and another thing is like why like as parents of somebody with mental health issues like that like i i would be so nervous to let her go like travel on her own like that i mean i'm not right. blaming them in any way because you know whatever happened to her you can't undo it you know it's it's nobody's fault really but you know I would just be so scared to let somebody travel alone if they were in it I mean but maybe she was doing well but then she was like I'm doing good and then she does what everybody does when they're doing well on their meds they stop taking their meds that's true (laughs) yeah and I I mean I agree because I feel like you know according to her blog she was like pretty upbeat she was Mm -hmm. going out and like doing things and um you know the woman at the bookstore said that she was like buying souvenirs for her family like fully intending on going back Mm -hmm. you know and like seeing her family again so it doesn't seem like she intentionally committed suicide I really do think she just had like some sort of like psychotic episode and like unfortunately tried like thought someone was chasing her I don't know it's very sad it is it is um but yeah I don't know it also you know it (laughs) There could have been foul play because they really did not go through with the rape kit or, like, it just seems strange that they, like, did not question anyone else. Yeah. (laughs) Like, her roommates that were like, yeah, she was acting weird. It's like, well, did she say anything? Like, who she was meeting up with or, like, where she was going or, I mean, what? strange how, you know? Yeah. Right. They just, all I could find was odd behavior. Like, what 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 does that mean? 
that's exactly the only thing that I could find too. And I'm just like, I don't know, maybe they just didn't want to be on the record. Like oh, their yeah. statement. I, I really don't know what all of like the ins and outs are, but honestly it's been seven fucking years. I just yeah. feel like even if there were like innocent bystanders in the elevator video in the minute that they cut out, like blur out their fucking face yeah. and show the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's so much shadier that they just cut it out, right. you know? And then tried to hide it. Like, they literally did it so seamlessly that, like, they didn't want anyone to notice that there was a minute missing. They blurred right. out and the timestamp. And it looks – it flows really naturally. And why is yes. it slowed down the way it is? Right. You can't tell that, like, you know, it was cut. Yeah. So it does seem like they were trying to hide the fact that they had altered the video as if they were trying to hide the fact that someone else was in the video she was talking to. But, you know, like I said, if they were just, like, an innocent bystander or someone, you know, get going to the elevators, blur their face out. Like, yeah. why? I feel like they do that all the time on, oh, like, yeah. top shows. I don't know. It's a strange case. I really have no idea. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, anyway. Do you want to talk about the debate? Oh, my God. It was such a joke. It was such a joke. What happened? I saw some highlights, but I didn't watch the whole thing because I'm just going to make myself upset. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a waste of time. Um, no one, I don't think it really swayed anyone one way or the other. Um, they said that there were 90 interruptions in 90 minutes, 72 of them being from Trump. So of is anyone surprised? I, well, and the thing is, dude, it was almost like up. well, it was almost like a three-way fucking debate. Like the commentator, what yeah. is his moderator, um, Chris, Chris Wallace. Wallace? Yes. So I mean, I people really ragged on him and what a shitty job that he did, and like I feel like he didn't do an excellent job, but I also feel like he was given a fucking impossible job. Yeah. Like granted, he is like a Fox News commentator, so of course, like I didn't think he was that biased. Like I feel like you know maybe right, he, that it seemed like he was trying to get it back under control, but you can't yell at the fucking president and <laughs> like on TV, you can't do that. You know? I mean, he, he like, had to. There was a point where, like, the two of them were just talking over each other for, like, a minute. And finally, he, like, yelled. He was like, gentlemen. And it was just, like, you literally could have just been, like, children. Right. Like, that is what it felt gentlemen. like. Right. I yeah. read somewhere somebody said, um, um, the sound of three men talking at once is my new not, my new least favorite sound. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, they, yeah. I mean... He would not even let Chris Wallace get the fucking question out of his mouth. Like, it was crazy. And then it was like, it seemed almost like every time Joe Biden would get, like, traction, he would, like, be and, like, start to make a point or, like, talk about, you know, his plan for something, whether it was healthcare or, like, the green, you know, environment, environmental issues, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like... I feel like Trump would start like just interrupt him and get him off track, yeah. and it was it made it he's impossible. So old and and he struggles to keep up to where he is anyway. Yes, exactly. It's, it's easy like, to get off track. It absolutely he is, but it's also just like, dude, shut up. The rules are you have two minutes each uninterrupted, mm-hmm. two minutes to talk. Like I I just don't understand. And they were talking about like, okay, well, like what can we do to like amend this issue in the next in the following election or following oh, debate? Mute their mics. Yes. And they were saying, oh, well, we should just give Chris Wallace like a thing that he can press to like mute the mics. And he's like, 
who the fuck am I to be the one to silence a president or a nominee? Like, fuck uh-huh. you. And I'm like, no, they should not make Chris Wallace do that. Do it yourselves. Shut it off for two minutes and shut the other one off for two minutes. I don't understand. Why is it even a question? Why should their mic be on if they have two minutes uninterrupted? Mm-hmm. There's no reason for it to be on at all. <laughs> I just don't understand. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, there were some, you know, fun highlights. Like, of course, everyone is talking about how he won't denounce, denounce the white supremacy, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, he said, and stand I mean, back and stand by. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck does that mean? It means um, that you don't attack until I say to attack because I'm your fucking leader. Oh, my God. So he it's basically just, like, just admitted that he's <laughs> the leader of a white supremacist group. Um, oh, Lord. Also, I mean, no, no one is surprised. No, no. He's the one who made it so that they they felt like they were, you know, they're comfortable um, being openly racist like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ari was looking on some stuff on Facebook and there was like a drinking game for the debate. And it was like, I don't know, like, take a sip or take a drink if Donald Trump says China virus. <laughs> and then one of, them was like, one of them was like, um, finish your drink if Biden forgets where he is. <laughs> <laughs> like why why is why are these our best options oh my god oh i I also heard that is true that um the websites for the third party candidates actually crashed because so many people were like we need a different option who else is out there um so like (laughs) who are the third party candidates um, howie hawkins green party who if who is my favorite and then joe jorgensen who basically is like um you know, I I hate you, but I'll let you smoke weed. So she's all for like legalizing weed, but um, she's still like an evil capitalist. I don't know. I I was like, what's this whole libertarian party about? And I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, quick U-turn there. Yeah, for um, real. dude. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense that she would want to legalize weed because they can like rake in the cash from that. Oh fuck yeah! I don't know why they haven't. Uh, yeah, no shit. I mean, it's okay. It's still illegal federally, but they still tax you federally to buy it. Yep. <laughs> so what? don't worry. They don't even have to make it legal. They can have both. The best of both worlds. Oh, yep. uh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty rough. I'm trying to think what, like, some of the other highlights were. I mean, of course, you know, the COVID thing. I'm pretty sure they uh, told Chris Wallace, like, don't bring up the number 200,000 deaths um, just because it will upset him. Upset who? <laughs> The president, the great leader. and uh, But that is an accurate and true number. It is. Uh, so Joe Biden brought it up, of course. It was like literally <laughs> the first thing he said about coronavirus. He was like, 200,000 dead. Um, but I mean, he's not wrong. Uh, there were a couple other fun highlights I wanted to mention. What the fuck was it? Um, of course, they go over health care. Which is just um, a fucking nightmare. Yeah. We're like... I'm, like, I mean, even Joe is like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, can we have universal health care? And then the Republicans say no, but the Democrats say no, but with like a heart and a smiley face. It's like, yes, that's no, please help. I can't afford my <laughs> fucking insurance. Yeah. Um, what the hell was I going to say? Um, oh, Chris Wallace. So he, like, there was literally a point where he had to, like, tell them both, like, 
you just both need to be quiet. Like, listen to me. Both of your um, organizations, both of your campaigns agreed to this and like had to like tell the public what the rules were because oh it was God. just like fucking the public. Madness. Do you mean the president and the presidential nominee? Well, I think it was both because, like, in the beginning, they just said there were, like, three separate segments. So, like, the first segment, like, they it literally was, like, they each got six minutes to talk, but, like, they could talk to each other or over each other. <sighs> so, you know what I mean? Like, basically about whatever. And then the second segment, they was got structured. to, like, each talk for two. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Supposed I don't, to be structured. Yes. But it was just like, oh, my God. Right. It's like, okay, well, that segment is over now. Now you need to wait your turn to talk. It was it was a nightmare. I mean, yeah. they're talking about not even having another debate. The next debate is actually with the vice presidents. So, you know, it should be more civil. It's Pence and what's her name? Kamala. So, I mean, I feel like there won't really be any drama there. Like, sure, it'll like neither one of them are super. You know, she's very well spoken, I feel like. And I also don't think she's super far leftward leaning. So, I mean, he's very far rightward leaning, but he's not very, like, confrontational. You know what? Yeah. I think that will be kind of boring. Um, I mean, whatever. But I, they were talking about how, like, they don't even think they're going to have another fucking debate. Jesus. Because it was, like, such a mess. It really is. It's, I mean, it's embarrassing. And, like, I'm not even kidding you, Amanda. Like, as soon as the debates were over of course they started the commentary uh-huh. and the very first thing they said was well that was quite possibly the worst debate i've <laughs> ever seen in my career <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and um i will highly recommend as soon as i get off the phone with you definitely listen to the episode of uh pod save america about the, de- the debate recap it's very <laughs> insightful it's very fucking funny i was like dying listening to it um, I mean, like their opinions are always really great. And um, did you insightful. hear anything about only paid two hundred seventy fifty dollars or seven hundred fifty dollars? Oh yes, yes, I did hear that. But how do you feel so about they, it? They well, so they brought it up during the debate, and they were like, "Is that true that you only paid seven hundred and fifty dollars?" No, I paid millions federal... and millions and millions. Exactly. Like, did you though? Millions and millions and millions and millions. And um, the guy even said, he was like, we understand that you do pay other types of taxes. You pay property taxes. Mm-hmm. You pay, you know, your um, workers' well, income he, taxes, he just, whatever. Like, like, said, uh, he came out and said, like, I don't want to pay taxes. It's like, no one wants to pay taxes, but everybody else fucking does. Right. We, are, we don't have the option of avoiding them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's super fucked up, but of course, you know, if all of your companies are considered bankrupt, I guess it, you're, you can't really like say that you own this property. I don't know. He owes $420 million. So I guess he really compared to how much money he made that year. I guess it's probably about right. Yeah. He doesn't have any money. That's why he was like, that's why he was doing, um, the apprentice. He was trying to make some money doing that. And then he, when he first started running for president, he was, like, pushing and advertising all of his fucking Trump brand products, his Trump stakes and Trump university. And it's just, like, none of this, I don't know. He's just such an ass. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, a huge fan of either of them. No. But, um, I mean, I feel like at least, oh, my God, dude, the most awkward and, like, possibly heart-wrenching part was when um, they bring up or I don't remember how it got brought up, but like, um, you know how Trump was like talking shit about military and veterans mm-hmm. and whatever, how they're suckers. And, um, you know, Biden's two sons were like in the military and one of them died, not in the military. I'm pretty sure he died of like cancer. Um, 
but he like brought it which is so fucking sad like that you're that is son, like how, he couldn't have possibly possibly been that old right. anyway um he was like you know my son was a veteran and you know i think it's just so disrespectful that you would like talk about these people this way and then trump interjects and Okay, so Biden has two sons. One of them is Hunter and one of them is Bo. And I don't know which one is which, but one of them died. He was like a valiant soldier and he died of some sort of cancer. And the other one was in the military. I don't know if he was discharged or if he just like quit, but he also had like a coke problem. He was discharged. And I think he might have been discharged because he had a drug problem. But I don't think it was dishonorable. I think it was like, you need to like get yourself taken care of. Right. So anyway, um you know, Joe is trying to make a point about how, like, it's shitty that you're disrespecting military people. Like, my son was a veteran, like, da-da-da. And Trump just, like, interrupts him blatantly, and he's like, oh, are you talking about Bo? Because I think Bo is the one that had, like, been kicked out of the military or whatever. And he was like, you know, because I don't even know your other son. I don't even know his name. And he's just like, you know, um, you mean the one with the coke problem like the one that got kicked out of the military dishonorably because he had a cocaine problem and it was just like so fucking right. sad that's so disrespectful you, it's such a low fucking blow and it has nothing to do right. with the campaign like do you want to start talking about each other's kids because um i bet your son is in the back snorting coke off of somebody's dick right now like absolutely absolutely it's just like okay like idiot fucking children I just cannot believe that he would bring that shit up. You know what I mean? Like, how fucking disrespectful. (laughs) I mean, no, I can. It's just, like, I mean, why? What? Oh, my God. It has nothing to do with anything. Absolutely not. And it was just such, like, a heartfelt moment. Well, while we're on the subject, maybe we should talk about healthcare and um, the opioid epidemic happening in this country. So, um... While we're on the topic. (laughs) Right? So, anyway, you know, they were just kind of, like... It was it was really sad because then of course Joe goes into you know like right. my... he's like I'm really proud of my son for like getting right drug addiction. yes yeah I mean and I don't like it makes the man, him like relatable that is fucked up yes like how fucked up of him to do that and like an internet like a national fucking stage mm-hmm. like to oh my god it's just so disrespectful like yeah. whatever he's a he doesn't fucking know piece the of meaning shit. of the word right so. Um, yeah, dude, it was a mess for sure. I almost hope so they don't do another one. It was a, it was a disaster for our country and, you know, everyone involved really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they said that like the two most Googled things during the debate were what school did Joe Biden go to? Because Trump like called him out on going to like some knockoff college or something. Who gives a shit? Did Trump go right. to school? <laughs> Uh, yes, but I don't know, I don't remember where. Did he um, graduate? <laughs> he did. Also, who gives a shit? Neither right. of you have anything, I mean, what's his nuts was, like, a senator for how many fucking years, but Donald Trump has absolutely no experience with politics or law or anything. Like, right. he has no experience. Not to mention, they're both, like, 80 fucking years mm. old. How long ago did you go to school? Right. Like, literally you... in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, that, and then... Oh, fuck. I forget what he called. Like, Trump accused Biden of calling black people something. Fuck. I can't remember what it was. Um, like, like a risk or fuck. I can't remember what it was. But those were the two things that people Googled the most during the fucking debate was, mm-hmm. you know, the two slanderous things against Joe fucking Biden. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Really? Right. 
oh my god I just feel like does it matter does it matter like I don't know I don't, I don't know. know I don't know what to do and I wish like it's time for like actual revolution like we need to just like break away from that government and just start our own new thing like I'm tired of it um dude yeah Brian and I were talking about that too and like, I how do like... we start our own fucking commune <laughs> Oh, wait, a couple things. Okay, so there's a new episode of Explained, and it's literally called, like, Election, or, like, Voter Suppression Explained. Oh, perfect. And it is exactly our fucking episode from last week that we recorded. Oh, my God, they ripped us off. I know. I was, like, watching, (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, I know all of these statistics and facts, and, like, I understand exactly what they're talking about, like, but it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's, like, very interesting. Um, I mean, you know, if you want to hear some more devastating news about our Mm. government, um... But, you know, it does, it just gives, like, a lot more, like, real-world examples than we did. Like, you know, people that are actually affected than we didn't really talk about personally, like, how it would affect someone. So it's interesting listening to, like, citizens and people, like, they do talk a lot about, um, like, past inmates and, like, you know, people who are considered, like, felons and things like that, which we didn't really go over at all. Um, We brushed over it real quick. Yes, they definitely go more into, like, minority voter suppression, and I feel like we did more, like, gerrymandering and, like, the way that the actual government is structured in, like, the Electoral College rather than, like, yeah, um, like, minority suppression, but it's... It's very interesting. Um, I mean, I definitely recommend it, but I'm also into, like, kind of boring shit, so it might not be that interesting to you. Um, And then the other thing I want to tell you is so funny, um, was just that Brian and I have been talking about how, like, America is just one giant sports team and there's like the democratic team and there's the Republican team. And like, it doesn't matter what either of them do. You like pick the team that you like and whatever they do, you just mm-hmm. blindly support it and follow them. Well, that's nationalism. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I feel like the debate is like the big game of the year. Everybody gets ready to rally. Like Brian's parents literally called us and asked us if we wanted to like come over and watch it what? with them. And I was like, fuck no. Like, no, aren't they like super Republican? Well, not really Della, but yeah. And so <laughs> she just kind of follows along. Yeah. I think she's just on for the ride. So anyway, um, I was just like, okay, this is not like a fucking hockey game. Like no, what the hell? Fun. So yes. And I mean, just, Considering the way that it ended up going, I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it would have been useless. Nothing nothing got accomplished. It's not, I know nothing more about either of their policies moving forward than I did going before I watched it. So anyway, um, I mean, I feel like both of them literally spent, rather than spending time talking about why they should be elected, they just talk shit about why the other one should not be right. elected. And I mean, I don't like, I don't want both of you. I don't want, I don't want either of you. you right. You've convinced are... me against, you're both very convincing. I don't think either uh-huh. of you should win. You're both <laughs> evil, old, creepy men who don't understand how the world works, who doesn't, mm-hmm. don't understand fucking science and you don't want what's best for the people of this country. Like, I don't want either of you to fucking lead us into yeah. the next era of our i'm tired (laughs) i agree but anyway i mean i just i thought it was like a really funny comparison because i'm not even kidding i know you don't watch any sports but unfortunately i live with my husband who does sometimes he watches ufc and like uh hockey so like after the sports they do you know segments of after the sport is over (laughs) yes they do (laughs) once the the sporting has been completed (laughs) they do this (laughs) 
commentating thing where they mm-hmm. talk to one another about the strategy and who about hit the hardest and um you know what I mean but then it was so funny Amanda because like after the debate they literally were talking well how could Joe have come in stronger uh, and I'm like oh my god it literally sounds like how could the defense have come in you know what I mean I'm like what mm-hmm. the fuck like this is for real this is <laughs> legit the sports of the United States <laughs> yep like Fuck. our civilization is just one giant professional sport funded by the U.S. people. <laughs> oh, don't you love it? <laughs> I don't know it's how else to here. describe it um, to like a foreigner. <laughs> like we are the the saddest excuse for a first world country. Like, Absolutely, it's so rough. It truly We're is savages, like mm-hmm. fucking idiots. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what to do. Um. It- it's tough out there. <laughs> it is tough out there. Um, well, so listen, um, I know I said I was going to do shirts or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's harder than I thought. So I have, like, a couple of logos, but, like, I need to, like, edit them and make them formatted properly for putting onto a shirt, apparently. I don't fucking know why. Yeah, it's yeah. So goddamn difficult. Maybe I'm just stupid. Um, no, so it makes that. sense. So I am working on it, I promise. And once once the shirts are a thing, I will let everybody know. Um, so, oh, I also want to give a shout out to my friends, um, Margie and Sergio. I met them while I was out one night. And um, they listen. Well, what? Margie does. And I think Sergio just like tags along for the ride. So if, if they hear this, I hope. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. Ah, cute. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it just tickles me when like people who aren't like in like my immediate family or like my immediate friend group, like when they listen, it's just like, oh, like my friend Lainey. And she was like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. I was like, you listen? I was uh, like, I was just like so pleased. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Who knew anyone other than ourselves wanted to hear us talk? Right. <laughs> I, know, I, don't, I don't even want to hear us talk. Like when I'm editing, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this. I know. I, I was like, I will voice. help with every aspect except listening to myself talk. So right. I will help with photos. I will help with you do such a good job with the Instagram. research, anything. Yeah. Yes. Just don't make me listen to myself. <laughs> it's torture. It's really not that bad. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, um, this has been a very interesting episode. Uh I'm I'm glad that we got we got the electoral bullshit out of the way and we're able to like go back and talk about like real conspiracies and Oh yes, me too. And not that like the government isn't doing shit conspiratorially to like fuck over, you know, the everyday average Joe, but Right. It's nice to have, like, speak of something that doesn't directly affect you. I mean, I know it was a heartbreaking yeah. scenario that directly affected a lot of people, but I mean, I feel like, you know, murder is murder. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot of shows about it. It's a very unusual and interesting case. And yes, it is. I, no one's happy with the verdict. You know, no one's happy with what they determined was her actual cause of death and everything. Right. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely convinced. I mean, I don't think it was anything like necessarily supernatural or like a spooky elevator game where she ended up in a different dimension or anything. But I think, I, I don't think they should have eliminated the idea of foul play or anything like that. Or, I mean, we keep saying that maybe she went on a date and the date went wrong or something, but what if it was one of those girls from her room who was like, this bitch is so annoying with her crazy manic episodes. Like what if she just like lost it and fucking like murdered her wow maybe i don't know i guess i mean that's a possibility yeah why were they never questioned 
Yep. I don't know. Hmm. Or maybe it was just some crazy crackhead. <laughs> right. Who knows? Oh my God. Uh, this poor girl. Have you thought at all about next week's episode? What's on the list? Let me see. I'd, I'd like to do another scary thing. I was thinking of maybe doing like the origin stories of a couple classic monsters. Ooh, that could be cool. Um, like I wanted to learn more about Mary Shelley. I know there's a new movie or TV show with Elle Fanning plays Mary Shelley. Okay. Um, cause I like how she was like, she wrote the first science fiction book and I just, I love that. And like, she really broke a lot of glass ceilings, especially for her time. Um, and I just think it's so funny when like dudes who are nerds are like gatekeepers and it's like literally the first, like they, they're like, oh, well, you're a hot girl or just a girl in general. Uh, what do you know about like Star Trek or Star Wars or fucking, you know, what do you know about any of this? And it's like, well, you do realize that the very first person to invent science fiction was a female. So hmm, interesting. Um, so there's that. There's also I think her name is Elizabeth Bathory. I think she was like um, that evil. She was like an evil countess who like murdered her maids and like bathed in their blood and shit. She was like almost a vampire you know what? or um the story of the real count dracula okay do you like, want to pick one any and of I can that do would the be other? cool um i think i want to do mary shelley okay i'll do the other girl what was her name i think it's elizabeth bathory okay, let me see if i can find her all right i'm gonna look into this and i'll text you a list <laughs> sweet let's let's do the sign off all right conspiracy sisters unite Conspiracy sisters, unite. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Later. Right. Goodbye.